I'm your host, Van, and this is Best Week Ever. Hey guys, what's up? Thanks so much for joining in. Today's episode is going to be a fun one. I have my sister guest starring with me, and we are going to recap the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer. It looks like a good one. I know I say this every year where I say I give up on that franchise of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I really think they're boring and not, it doesn't give me as much spice as Real Housewives of New York City. Anyway, we will be recapping together, so that'll be a lot of fun. A little foreshadow on how our future episodes of recapping, um, Death to Us Part with Carmen Electra and Dave Navarro in the summertime and I'm hoping to do more recaps with her because me and my sister surprisingly watch the same kind of TV. But before we get into the recap I wanted to talk about Halton Underwood coming out as gay and also Charlene Yee accusing James Franco and Seth Rogen as an enabler. So that should be interesting to talk about, but please stick to the end where um, I will be talking about the recap, which is the best week and worst week ever, guys. I'm sorry, I'm lazy today, I guess. <laughs> so my best week and worst week ever award goes to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because they're having a great week with the trailer being juicy and a bad week because Erica Jane, I just stay tuned and listen and you'll see what we're talking about colton underwood called gma good morning america to announce his coming out gay he explains to robin roberts well just pretty much tells her he had a rough year and his experience on the bachelor while still struggling to accept himself this is all great if I didn't know what he did to Cassie this past summer. If you don't know who Colton Underwood is, he was a Bachelor contestant and he was also in The Bachelorette. That's how he became The Bachelor on Becca Kufrin's season, which was a pretty popular season. And then he went to Bachelor in Paradise, had this whole like drama with Tia, and then became The Bachelor and started more drama with a contestant, Cassie. Now, if you're in the Bachelor Nation or just, you know, have friends who watch this show, you kind of already know the drama between Cassie and Colton in the end when they both decided not to be together, but then he went back for her and it made it really awkward because he was kind of controlling in the fact that he wanted to be with her but you can tell that she didn't want to be with him. So it, she was kind of like, okay, like, well, the couple broke up early 2020. I want to say in May, um, he apparently stalked and harassed her to the point that she filed a restraining order. And he was also accused of planting a tracking device on her car. Mind you, this is all happening while Colton is saying that he is having difficulty with his image of himself of what he's going through as well so it's kind of hard for me to give sympathy towards him 
when he was being manipulative and controlling in one relationship that he thought he was so in love with, which I get it. He was trying to prove himself to his family that he is this person that deep down he was trying to hide. All of this was happening during pandemic when he got COVID before Claire season. Colton says he's coming out now because of all of the support he's been receiving from friends and family. And also, it's not for the upcoming t reality TV show that he has under wraps, guys, with Netflix. It's not because of that. I'm upset because we are awarding this man's behavior with his relationship with the TV show. If you saw his Bachelor season, you would know that Colton is boring. I have to stress that, although I'm glad he's being able to accept who he is, I just don't care that much about him. He sucks and it's kind of annoying to see so many people praising him. And I'm disappointed with his apology to Cassie. This doesn't change who he is as a person. I still consider him to be controlling, especially on image. And I want to hear from Cassie. Apparently she had no idea that he was gay to begin with and didn't have any forewarning of him coming out as well. And the reason why I think I'm more upset about him coming out when I know I shouldn't be, I'm really glad that he's out and you know, he's finally being on his own skin. It's not about that. It's the fact that last week when little Nas came out of him being gay and you know, there's not really a dark past of him being controlling or manipulative at whatsoever people bashed him when he came out and here we are praising a white man for coming out to be gay when he has had past history of being controlling in a relationship and oh my god and you do i have to bring out the text messages that he was harassing cassie with it's really dark what he did to her he basically got all these fake numbers and was harassing her trying to um, form himself as another person calling her slutty for hanging out with a friend that's a guy yeah he has really really like hardcore issues and he doesn't even, even explain himself of that he just kind of brushes it off by telling the whole world that he's gay and yeah, I'm glad you're gay, but like, I don't want to award you for the past shit that you've done. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more about Colton and this new series that he's coming out. I'm really upset about that. I mean, if I want to see a gay man in his story, I want to hear from Dwayne Perkins. You know, this, please follow Dwayne Perkins on Instagram or on Twitter. He's a writer for the Amber Ruffin show, the late night um, comedy show that everybody should be watching. Amber Ruffin is hilarious. You can watch it on Peacock as well, past episodes. Anyway, I'd like to see his story of coming out. I follow him on Twitter. He's a great storyteller. Another gay person, um, Bowen Yang. We love Bowen Yang. He's from Saturday Night Live. If I want to hear some uh, a gay man's coming out story i would want to hear it from bowen yang iron madison the third another amazing critic of books film pop culture um he has written a lot of little short stories articles 
subscribe to his newsletter. He is so brilliant with his um, suggestions of books and films. He's a gay man that I would want to see on a reality TV show. I would like to hear his story coming out as a gay man, as opposed to Colton, who's just this reality TV star that's getting a spotlight for what? Coming out gay from a bachelor Christian devoted franchise? I, I just don't get it. But I do have to give props to Ronnie Karam, who since day one called out Colton for being gay from Rose Pricks. Charlene Yee accuses James Franco of harassment and branded Seth Rogen as an enabler. Charlene Yee is an actress. She was in Paper Love. A lot of people know her from Knocked Up. That was probably her first feature film. Um, she was the Asian girl who was stoned all the time. I remember a lot of my friends said that that was my like literally that was my character in my early 20s anyway um she's a great producer a great film director also a great screenwriter she used to go out with mike sarah who's part of that group as well well she's been coming out with her story about james franco and she posted it on her stories Instagram stories. She posted that she wanted to break legal contract and quit the Disaster Artist movie, mm -hmm. which by the way, Disaster Artist, the original movie, I've seen this movie because if you watched Adult Swim late at night, you most likely have watched this movie a billion times because it would be on weekends at like 4 or 5 a.m on a Saturday and what am I doing watching Adult Swim and if you know this film you would be perplexed like I was for James Franco to even be involved in remaking this film and doing a biopic of it well they bribed Charlene with a bigger part which was the opposite of what she was asking for she wanted to leave because she didn't want to be involved or affiliated with a predator she mentions James currently still abusing women when she was told that him, his behavior was so last year and he's a completely different person. So she was being gaslighted and that's what she's trying to let everyone know that these people enable him to be who he is. So this is where she mentions enablers using their power for toxicity and abusers. She shared the post for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. She says Seth Rogen was a producer to the film of Disaster Artist, so he definitely knows everything, especially about the bribe. Remember, Franco arranged to meet in a hotel room with a 17-year-old girl. He was 35 when this happened in 2014. And there's proof. Because the, the young girl took screenshots. It's kind of really hard to read. In 2018, LA Times came out with an article reporting five women accusing Franco of sexual misconduct. Check out Charlene's story highlights. She goes through James Franco gaslighting the public and the media. And it's so disrespectful for the women that are involved in this case. 
I love Charlene Yee not only because I respect her as a uh, film artist. Um, she also has been pretty outspoken about people she's encountered with in the film industry. For example, David Cross, the first time she met David Cross, he said some racial slurs to her. I don't, he literally went ching chong ching to her when he first met her. Really disgusting because I know a lot of men that think they're really funny by introducing themselves, making fun of my culture. I've had men come up to me making fun of my culture to my face, thinking that it's a joke and they laugh it off. And it's like, who's laughing here? Who's, why is this funny? Anyway, so she's called out David Cross and apparently his wife had to intervene and stick up for Charlene instead of his husband. She kind of reprimanded him. And she has also famously come out about Marilyn Manson when she first met him as well. When she was on the show House and on the set, Marilyn Manson was harassing women and called her a Chinaman. In all of this, she tweeted this in 2015, 14, I want to say. All of this in one tweet, she ends it with, I hope he seeks help. Can you imagine after all, see, seeing how horrible this person is, she is still compassionate enough to say, like, I really hope this man seeks help because he really needs it. So please follow Charlene Yee. She's a great activist. Um, I just love following her stories on Instagram. I will be putting her handler name on the description of the episode as well her Twitter handler. She has great... Um, outlets for seeking help so if you do find yourself in a position where you're stuck she there's just so many hotlines that you can reach out to you're an inappropriate awkward person because you're jealous Whoa. period F you crystal jealous of what your ugly leather pants <laughs> Welcome, Katharina, to Best Week Ever. We are going to recap Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and um, we're going to start off with Dorit asking the girls to play a game of two truths and one lie. Have you ever played this game before? No, and I feel if I ever played it, I would suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell a lie for my life. <laughs> And then it gets such big pills. <laughs> and then it gets really dark. And the trailer is showing us that Erica's storyline is finally going to give us something because otherwise I found her boring. I know you're a fan of hers. I guess I yeah. used to be a big Erica fan till she was all besties with Kyle. And you know how I feel about mm -hmm. Kyle. But also right, you don't like Kyle. No, I don't. I hate Kyle. <laughs> but also because she tends to the thing with Erica is that she tends to put up a, a big fight but she's really really emotional and like super um like fragile to say the least in my opinion mm -hmm. what do you which think? is probably why I relate to her because I am the same way all bark and no bite <laughs> yeah 
Well, um, so do you know anything about the whole Erica issue? Because the editors to me is foreshadowing that Erica is guilty. They are very intense that way. You know, the editors, they're very sneaky. So I don't have any background of what's going on, which is why this season seems very like appealing to me. Like the drama seems so big because I really have no perspective on it. I don't know what the situation was other than did she end up getting a divorce with her husband? Is that what happened? So, yeah. So let's dive into what she is facing from her now current ex-husband because she filed for divorce and she filed for divorce suspiciously right before this whole um, lawsuit with him blew up of him owing money because he apparently is accused for a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. He's, okay. accused of, he's accused of misappropriating millions in client funds, dishonesty, and other acts of moral turpitude. I'm talking in law language that I don't know, but long story short, he owes money to creditors, former clients, and lenders, $56 million altogether. And $2 million of that, $2 million of that is to widows and orphans from an air crash in Indonesia. So that's what um, crap. <laughs> that's what Dorit was talking about. And that's why she timely divorced him before all of that was aired out. Mm-hmm. So then the point is that people assume that she knew what was going on and that's why she got a divorce. Exactly, because this broke loose. So she has her asset savings saved, apparently. Right. So yeah, okay. Like she would be safe of any discrepancies. Apparently he is trying to get off by being diagnosed with late onset Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Okay. I mean, he's way up there in age. I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what's his background, but he's a very elderly man. I know. Why but wouldn't this, that be a thing? But after hearing the stories of like victims, because, you know, I had to read up all of this who thought they had the money Uh saved, he actually spent it on his lifestyle. And we all know how Erica Girardi's lifestyle is because of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. Cause I was like, when you said that he was like $56 million, I'm like, I wonder where it all went. Did he keep that money all for himself? Probably, probably. And Erica probably has like 40 million of it. Well, that's what I'm confused about because in the show, she is perceived to be independent of her own money because of the flux of her career of being Erica right. Jane. Erica Jane makes money. Yeah. But now I'm supposedly. like starting to, yeah, supposedly. All right. So now that you know that whole background story, we'll go back to the um, plot where Garcelle is asking Erica if she's divorcing because she knew. Did she have a heads up? Mm-hmm. And then it goes Did to you a see her head? Did you see yeah, her like, head though? Like, like she's she was nodding annoyed. yes, but she said she says no. No, but I mean physically, like she's like nodding her head like yes, but she's like no. I'm like, mm. So you believe her actions or do you believe her words? <laughs> <laughs> Probably her actions more speak more to me than anything else, but. And then the title comes, what is the lie? Offense and widows. <laughs> That's my dirty <laughs> impersonation. 
she's not even european or anything she's american like where's this accent she's from connecticut Uh, i know that's what i'm saying (laughs) well i hate the graphics to this whole like what is the lie and who is being played and it cuts to lisa renna saying what's wrong with being phony and fake because we all know that's her mo being phony and fake (laughs) (laughs) i love lisa She's so annoying sometimes, but she really does, like, spice it up. Uh, But we really don't get into her life story, and I'm really hoping we're going to this season. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure, because her daughter, Yeah. Scott, what? And then there was a whole montage of showing their lavish shopping lifestyle and trips and events, all the glitz and glamour. Dorit is now part of a wedding collection. That's why we saw wedding dresses. What did you think of that? <laughs> I really didn't understand that. I thought she did bathing suits. Like what? Well, she is facing She's a lawsuit expanding. too. Oh, because of her brand, right? Something happened with her business partner or something? Yeah, apparently she stole ideas and um, cut him out of the deal. <laughs> These women are all shady. <laughs> Being a little phony. <laughs> and then we get a taste of Kathy Hilton, which I never like besides pictures of her being with Paris Hilton, Kathy is a beautiful woman. But it's In all my- work. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> true. How old is she? Isn't she the oldest? Right? Well, yeah, she has to be the oldest. Because right. I think she's the oldest of the three sisters. No. She looks amazing for her age then but like and can we since we're talking about like because it's real housewives of beverly hills kyle definitely has done work to her face but doree i don't know why she even touched her face but it just looks so like her nose looks different this season it does i'm literally watching it as we speak on mute and yeah she does look very different it just like it was like her nose like maybe it's the makeup like I don't know it's crazy so <laughs> there's a new housewife now Crystal Minkoff I wonder what friend recommended her because you know past housewives now that we know from Andy Cohen they've asked past house housewives like Bethany and out of a handful of picks that's how they picked Leah for New York I really wonder mm-hmm. out of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills circle, like who recommended Crystal Minkoff? Because I don't know anything besides her husband being like a multi-millionaire director, film director. Yeah, I have no idea who she is. And then like looking at the group that we have currently, it's hard to decipher who is the friend. You're right. Like did Garcelle bring her? And she obviously Maybe Dorit? Maybe Dorit, or she probably, or maybe an enemy of Sutton, because now that Sutton clinched the diamond, you know how editors like to stir the pot and bring someone in. Yeah, That's but big. I mean, Sutton herself is a hard pill to swallow. Like, it takes a while to like warm up to her. Well, in the trailer for Sutton, who call- she calls Sutton inappropriate, an awkward person, and a jealous person. And then Sutton yeah. responds to, I think this is her, like, this is her catchphrase, which is perfect because this is her first <laughs> season of being a housewife. Fuck you, Crystal. Jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants. I <laughs> was dying 
when she said that. <laughs> and then when they zoom out and you see the pants, you're like, yeah, they're ugly. <laughs> well, yeah, they're pleated and, and it has like a weird belt to it too. And the smirk she was giving her, I was like, ooh, like what is their history? We're definitely going to see some Man. drama. I don't think they know each other. I feel like they literally like just met. Because like, it's like, when Erica first came into the group, like a lot of people were put off by her because they didn't, well, one, it's, she's a new person. And two, like, you know, she, she's very intimidating. And then like the way that she comes off is not as friendly as other people. So like, I feel like that's what uh, Sutton is like to anybody she meets and vice versa. Like people always like are not mm, as warm to Sutton because she is very like difficult in the beginning. Because you just oh, yeah. don't get her. Yeah, because yeah. she's very stone-faced in the beginning. That's what I got. I thought in the beginning she was kind of snooty. But when you get to know her, she's actually pretty cool. Right. Right. So it takes like a while. But if you start off bad, then that goes with any relationship. Like if you start off in the beginning badly, it's hard to get over that hump. And it takes a while, you know. Mm-hmm. But it makes for great drama. And I'll be watching. <laughs> and we're going to see more drama because with the new sister, Kathy, she says that Kim changed her number and Kyle surprisingly says she did. <laughs> looks she like had no Kim idea. And, yeah, it looks like Kim and Kyle are not in touch. If she has reached her about her new number, like, is, I feel like Kathy is stirring the pot now within the family. Yeah, but I mean, wasn't it last season that like um, with Brandy and everything, like it was just a little too weird with how close they are and stuff like that well did you know they have a podcast together kim and randy i haven't listened do to they it, really like, yeah apparently they have a podcast what do they talk about i have no idea it's supposed to be like <laughs> late night stuff too okay. <laughs> it's just weird oh because like they're just a bunch of old ladies like trying to hang out like in their 20s like staying out late and talking about sex i guess that sounds like Brandy <laughs> is really the, the, the lead in charge there. But okay, interesting. Because of last season, like, there is, like, I don't know, a drift between Kyle and Kim you, for, you know, what Brandy had said. Well, yeah, then, there's always know? been since season one in that famous limo scene. I mean, <laughs> since day one, there's always been some type of drama that we're just like, what is going on? Like, my that you stole my house. I still want to know what house she's talking about. Because <laughs> apparently Kyle <laughs> literally did steal one of the houses that she had an eye on. Uh, I mean, you've been uh, looking for a house, so you know what that's like. <laughs> yes. So first come, first serve. If she didn't move on it, it's not her sister's fault for taking it. That's just how I feel, though. That's just how I feel, though. (laughs) So moving on with the montage, we get Garcelle's kids not wanting her to remarry, which, okay, I guess that's going to be Garcelle's storyline for the season. And then we Mm -hmm. see Lisa Renna and her daughter, Amelia, hanging out with the famous, your famous, Scott Dizek. Yeah. I love Scott, but I don't, I, I do. I can't, I'm not going to lie. I love Scott. Like I love this underdog that everybody loves to hate. 
<laughs> and his crazy antics. But I don't understand the relationship. Well, I in general, I don't understand relationships between um, older and younger people. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, what do you have in common? Well, yeah. I mean, they're, it's more than 15 years they're apart, right? He's 37. She's 19. I don't know how to do the math. But right. I I would love Scott more if he wasn't always preying on freshly new um, <laughs> 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back to the montage. It looks like Crystal seems to go at it again with Sutton, asking her if she doesn't see color. And then yeah, the most, I wonder what the context of that conversation was. <laughs> I know. I wonder if like she tried to put Sutton in a trap. <laughs> to, right. Like, try. I, I can I, I don't know. This crystal girl, as much as I want to root for her, I have no idea who what kind of housewife she's gonna be, but I can totally see that she loves to stir the pot, especially with Sutton. And I'm kind mm-hmm. of excited for that. And then the most famous clip right now, Erica facing the camera with the over over voice of her saying, I'm not a liar. And it comes to Sutton, poor Sutton, getting what looks to be a barking, like a barking, like for me, it looked like Erica was a pit bull ready to pounce on Sutton with her snarling teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Erica probably felt pushed in a corner and then she just went at her. That was so good. I loved watching it. (laughs) You did? I was just like, ooh, it's just a bad look, you know? Oh, of course. It's a horrible look. And and I'm pretty sure she feels hella embarrassed, right? Because again, I feel I can relate to Erica. Like, I know that cold exterior and like in the reality, it's like we just keep people at, you know, arm's length for whatever reason right but deep down inside like she's very emotional so then for her to feel backed up into a corner and like for her to get to that point that she really felt insecure in that moment you know what I mean and like it just doesn't come off it doesn't come off as vulnerable because she's feeling attacked so she's gonna attack well after that scene of her barking at Sutton it basically biting at her right yeah it basically um forwards to her crying because that is her MO where she like, like, it just reminded me of the dinner with her and Eileen, where she was like, don't fucking dare. Don't you fucking dare to Eileen, right. who was like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> right. And afterwards, she, she apologized. We'll she see if she's going to apologize this time, though. Oh, yeah, we have no idea. And again, you know, we don't know what's going on. We're just like getting little bits and pieces, which exactly. is exactly what they do so that they can suck you in so you can watch every single episode. And half this trailer is about Erica and her viciousness this season, but we'll see because this woman never delivers, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like her storyline always falls flat. So I'm I'm wondering if like, is Beverly Hills really gonna do this other dog storyline again? I really hope not. Because at the end of the trailer, we leave with Kathy saying a comment, life is a poker game. Everyone's got to show their cards, which to I say is, girl, you've never played poker because you don't show your cards when you play poker. 
But I mean, and she's talking about in the end, everybody, like, you know, you push your cards away if you want to show them, you can, but you don't have to. And I, I also read up that Kathy is just a friend this season. So maybe that's just her trying to pull in, push in her catchphrase that she couldn't actually get in because she didn't clinch a diamond. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's just her catchphrase for the season, which I'm excited about. That's what I get excited about the housewives, like opening theme. Like I'm always excited. What are they going to say this season? <laughs> that's true and it relates to, to like whatever is going on in their season but I'm assuming they recorded it after everything's all done oh because yeah. it always makes sense to like what what is going on or what the season's about all right so Ooh. now that we ended the whole trailer recap did you see anything that really caught your eye like besides Dorit's crazy hairstyles especially her hair and pigtails when Erica was yelling at Sutton. She's <laughs> going to bring out some crazy, crazy looking outfits. I think Doesn't that's probably... she always <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the only thing that stood out besides like the bajillion dollars of jewelry that, were, that, that they were wearing. Yeah. They, do they go to China? Is that what they're going? I feel like um, in I COVID, know, I saw those, I saw those dragons right when they were down at the dinner, or whatever. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, oh, like I wonder, Kong? I wonder. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder if that's what they're doing, especially now that they have. You said her name's Christine. Is that her name? Crystal. Crystal. There we go. Oh, so that's exciting to like get to that point on the season, you know, to see where they're vacationing <laughs> i always love that the, the episodes they get yeah because their vacations are always like out of the country it's it's never if, mm -hmm. if it is it's like a day spa that they usually do right so i'm, I'm assuming because of her they go there because they went to yeah i don't know where they're going to go for their vacations but I wouldn't be surprised. I, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm reading right now that he had a project called Blazing Samurai. So maybe oh. yeah. that's them doing something with that. Yeah. I mean, she that got Disney be, yeah. money. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about her. I'm yeah, I'm about her husband. I'm so excited like, oh, okay. about her because she seems like this woman has like real money compared to like Gina from Housewives of OC. <laughs> she has crazy rich Asian money. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. All right, Kathy. Thank you so much for recapping the Housewives with me. I can't wait to recap more. Um, I wanted to ask you before I leave you if you are watching um, new Law and Order SVU, Chris Maloney's back, Detective Stabler. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I've seen it on Hulu, meaning like I see the little clip and I'm like, oh, it's him again. And he was so good in SVU. Uh, but I have yet to like wander down that path and click on it. But 
Um, have you seen it? Is it any good? Should I, should I be watching? Well, I didn't even know that he was coming back. The only, you, you want to know how I found out? I saw a paparazzi picture of his butt while he was <laughs> filming Law and Order. And I was like, wait a second, please Google Christopher Maloney's butt while filming Law and Order SVU 2021. <laughs> Wait, the guy why? works out. The guy works <laughs> out. <laughs> Hold on. I got to see this. Not that I'm like super interested, but like since you brought it up. <laughs> well, I, I was just like, oh my God. Like, I kind of want to see that. I mean, I know I love Detective Stabler. He's had like a huge um, troubling kind of a plot character for SBU. So I'm kind of excited for him to come back. Yeah, of course. Did you see it? <laughs> no, I'm trying to find it. Oh, I feel like it was everywhere. Like, obviously, Twitter was going crazy Wait, about it. It's a bare butt or just like covered up butt? It's just a covered up a booty. butt. It's just he like have a booty. he's just standing there, like not even flexing. He's being normal. <laughs> like, that's just his normal butt. <laughs> I keep seeing pictures of it just being exaggerated. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Best Week Ever, and I hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week.